I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin. NBA star Luka Doncic goes hard in the paint and seeks to cancel his mother's trademark registration. That's what we'll be discussing on this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. An interesting trademark dispute has arisen between Dallas Mavericks phenom Luka Doncic and, you'd probably never guess, his mother over the trademark Luka Doncic 7, which is currently owned by Doncic's mother. I can't imagine this is the first time there has ever been a familial dispute over trademark rights, but I can definitely say this is the first time that I personally have ever seen a mother and son feuding over such things. It is a bit peculiar. According to Doncic, his mother assisted him with his off-court business affairs and has since he was much younger. Apparently, that included filing an application to register Luka Doncic 7 for basketball, uh, computer games, basketball gear, clothing, and other goods and services. Doncic has said that he gave his mother consent to register Luka Doncic 7 when he was younger, which is by the way, one of the issues that many intellectual property experts believe will make law in this case. Uh, but he has since established his company, Luca 99 Inc., and filed for other trademarks, including Luca Doncic and original hoops of Luca Doncic. Unfortunately, the trademark office has rejected these applications due to the earlier filed Luca Doncic 7. Accordingly, Doncic was left with no choice other than to seek cancellation of his mother's trademark to clear the path for the other applications. In his petition to cancel the previously registered trademark, Doncic explains that he has a desire to consolidate his business interests and take control of his name and identity. The petition also states that the maturation of Mr. Doncic on and off the basketball court and his strong interest in pursuing philanthropic endeavors, along with the retention of a personal team of athletic and business professionals, has increased his own business acumen such that registrants' assistance in Mr. Doncic's business affairs has become unnecessary. For those of you who may not be familiar with the process, in certain instances when there was a conflicting earlier filed mark that is precluding the registration of a later filed mark, it may be necessary to petition the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board to cancel the earlier filed mark. Now, not all earlier filed marks can be canceled, though. The petitioning party needs to have proper grounds for seeking cancellation. That's right. And here the petition doesn't mince words when it states that the Luka Doncic 7 mark falsely suggests a connection with Mr. Doncic is registered without his consent, which Mr. Doncic has revoked as of July 23, 2021, and has been abandoned without an intent to resume use of the mark. If proven, any of these grounds individually would be sufficient to cause the TTAB to cancel the Luka Doncic 7 mark. Although, with that said, there is an open question concerning whether a Section 2C consent can be revoked. The law is silent on this issue. That aside, I'm interested in seeing how this plays out. I, I know we generally say that these cases tend to settle, but given the relationship between the parties, I would have expected this one to have resolved without Luca having to file such a petition. I agree. It's an interesting family dynamic, so I'm not sure the normal assumptions apply to this one. And from what I've been able to read online, a lot of trademark experts believe that this is a dispute that could make law. So it seems like the experts tend to believe that this may not resolve either. Uh, you know, as much as I hate to see people really get into hard fought litigation, especially between mother and son, uh, I would like to see some trademark law made out of this.
I think the, the pinnacle issue is going to be whether the Section 2C consent can be revoked. I take it that Lucas' consent was granted when he was a minor. And as most of us understand as lawyers, minors lack capacity to enter into contracts and they have the right to revoke any contracts they entered into as a minor when they reach age of majority. Uh, the only way that contracts that are entered into by minors can be enforced is if that contract is approved by a court. So if, and I'm not aware whether or not he entered into the Section 2C consent when he was under the age of 18, um, or whatever the law of age of majority is in whatever state he was in, but if it was entered into when he was a minor um, and it wasn't court affirmed, uh, I don't know, I think he, I think he should be able to cancel that consent, which would, which would then make uh, that trademark registration um, really not tenable and subject to cancellation. So really interesting, Josh, really interesting story. Thanks for sharing this one. And before we wrap this up, Scott, I think that this dispute really underlines an ongoing issue and something that we've seen as far back as I can remember. And I think it's only becoming more prominent with more and more younger sports stars coming to prominence. It's that you really have to be careful who's managing your affairs. Uh, and, and it's unfortunate when you see things like this happen. And frankly, I, I don't even know what to say in this particular situation, because you would think that if you can't trust your own mother, then who can you trust? Uh, in, in most instances, I think that's a fair question. But it really does drive home the point that you have to be prudent in selecting uh, those who you put around you to protect your interests. I mean, Josh, you know, California inter, uh, came up with a Coogan law just because of this. Jackie Coogan, uh, who was a, um, a child actor, a very successful child actor, his parents basically stole and spent all of his money. And so the court enacted the Coogan law, which requires that, um, that actors that are under the age of the, under the age of majority, um, the companies that hire them have to deposit uh, most of their money into a Coogan account, which is a protected account that does not become accessible until the child reaches an age of majority. And also just think of, you know, I mean, the, the most recent drama with Britney Spears and her conservatorship and her father. It's unfortunate, but I don't know who you can trust when you can't trust your parents, but I think you need to have many people on your team watching out for everybody. Um, it's, it's, and you need to be your own best advocate, whether you're a child actor, whether you're a sports figure, um, whoever, you know, whoever you are. So anyways, we're kind of off the topic, but this is, that's what happens with interesting stories. Thanks again for sharing this one, Josh. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for tuning into this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. And if you liked our content, why don't you give us a good rating and leave us a review if you so choose. You can also visit us for more content at theiplawblog.com.